Hello and welcome to an all-new super special episode of Close Talking, the world's most popular poetry analysis podcast. I'm your co-host, Jack rossiter Munley. And I am your other co-host, Connor McNamara-Stratton. And the reason that this episode is so special is because it is episode 100. 100! <laughs> Sorry, that was my bad uh, basketball announcer voice. We did it. <laughs> yeah, in just under four years, we are now putting out our 100th episode. Back when we began... We were a couple of scrappy youths. Connor was still in school, finishing up his his master's in poetry, and he is now a master of poetry. And at the time, I was a but a young lad with a USB microphone and a dream, thinking that law school lay in my future. But now here I am, a recently uh, crowned master of science in the field of journalism. So Woo! we both come a long way in these hundred episodes. Yes, Jack actually graduated. Uh, just well let's see it'll be what two days ago yeah many congrats yeah this will be the the first close talking episode the 100th episode brought to you by two masters so to celebrate our 100th episode we have as we have done for 99 episodes before this a fantastic poem (laughs) it is the man moves earth by kathy song And as always, very quickly before we get into the poem, Kathy Song is an incredible poet. I highly recommend you check out her work. Uh, She writes a lot about family in particular. So if that's your thing and you're looking for a new poet to dive into, she is a great one. Also, if you just like good poetry, like if that's your thing, also highly recommend Kathy Song. Um, Her first book called Picture Bride, which came out in 1982, was a big announcement of a a blazing new talent on the poetry scene because it got pretty immediate attention. It was a finalist for the National Book Critics Circle Award, and it also won the Yale Series of Younger Poets Prize. Uh, So she, sort of like uh, Leslie Marmon Silko, who had a lot of success early on, Kathy Song's talents were noticed from a very early age. Um, She is Korean and Chinese and was born and grew up in Hawaii and then well kind of grew up all over the place because her family traveled a great deal um, which is something that uh, I am I am informed from reliable sources you can see in her poetry along with her examination of and fascination with family Um, and yeah I think I think there's some of that in this poem. It's not as explicit as in a lot of her other ones. Um, She's also on occasion written specifically about her own family and her own family history uh, in some of her works. And yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this poem. Let's get into it. All right. The Man Moves Earth by Kathy Song. The man moves earth to dispel grief. He digs holes the size of cars. In proportion to what is taken, what is given multiplies. Rain-swollen ponds and dirt mounds rooted with flame-tipped flowers. He carries trees like children struggling to be set down. Trees that have lived out their lives he cuts and stacks, like loaves of bread which he will feed the fire. The green smoke sweetens his house. 
The woman sweeps air to banish sadness. She dusts floors, polishes objects made of clay and wood. In proportion to what is taken, what is given multiplies. The task of something else to clean. Gleaming appliances beg to be smudged, breathed upon by small children and large animals, flicking out hope as she whirls by, flap of tongue, scratch of paw, sweetly reminding her. The man moves earth, the woman sweeps air, together they pull water out of the other. Pull with the muscular ache of the living, hauling from the deep well of the body, the rain swollen, the flame tipped, the milk fed, all that cycles through, lives moving, lives sweeping, water circulating between them like breath, drawn out of leaves by light. Cool. Yikes. What a poem. I know. It's so good. It's really incredible. Um, so we usually do our little narrative rundown. And I think very quickly, even before we get to that, there is something about this poem that you don't necessarily hear, but which you see on the page, which is that all of the lines are very short. Um, yes. And it's sort of a flowing poem. So I don't know how that translates into the audio medium. But if my calculations are correct, it is not including the title 192 words long, and there are 53 lines. So that's an average of about 3.6 words per line. So they are quite short. Um, and I just wanted to make sure to note that because I think the actual like syntax and sentence structure is pretty smooth. Um, and particularly in the last stanza where the, the really long sentence comes in, um, there's like a lot of kind of natural momentum building in the way that the language is constructed. But in fact, on the page, it is consistently disrupted by the line breaks. Yeah, no, that's really important. I agree. Um, yeah, and also there's kind of um, three stanzas and they're sort of broken out pretty, um, like there's kind of like a parallel beginning to the stanzas. So the first one begins, the man moves earth to dispel grief. The second one begins, the woman sweeps air to banish sadness. And then the third one begins kind of combining the two, the man moves earth, the woman sweeps air. Um, which is also something that would be very apparent um, on the page, but less so. Uh, on the podcast. Um, yeah, as for like a kind of narrative summary, um, kind of going with that parallel structure, you know, your first stanza is sort of describing this man who's um, not like, well, we can sort of get into his characterization, but he's, you know, it's describing sort of what he's doing. You know, he's digging holes. Um, he's carrying kind of lumber and feeding a fire with it. Um, and, you know, he's sort of doing this kind of like, um, I don't know, like domestic 
work um that yeah um and then basically the second um stanza the woman sweeps air she's also doing domestic work um they're kind of like archetypal gender role kind of work where um the man's like chopping wood and the woman is you know cleaning house in a kind of way um but um and then the third stanza kind of is more abstract and so sort of defies a clean narrative i think but it is getting at the kind of connection between the man and the woman who've who've been described um and you know in the way that they pull water out of the other getting into what this poem is kind of getting at like you know there's a lot to talk about but with the parallel structures i don't know it kind of feels like um and this is actually something that um my um partner and spouse sarita said when she read the poem who is although we have not said in a while uh, what this podcast episode is dedicated to and all episodes henceforth and in the past have been dedicated to. Yeah, all so, but one. All but one, that's right. <laughs> she, she had sort of described it kind of like a parable, um, which I thought was like a good way of thinking about it. It has a very folktale-like feel to it. Yeah, yeah both in kind of like the way that the man and the woman are sort of used. It's, it's like you can kind of pick, you can picture like a man and a woman doing these actions, but it's less like, you know, um, you know, oh, this is like, um, you know, like Leslie who lives on one, two, three, main street i don't know and has two parents and like has a very specific like personal you know some poems are very clearly like about a particular person um whereas these though they might like be inspired off of real people from the you know the poet's own life um are more general uh, and more like, as you were saying, folk tale or parable. Um, and then the fact, you know, there's just this, they're sort of doing different things, but it's like the same kind of thing. And so the parallel is even like, you know, sweeps air to banish sadness, moves earth to dispel grief. So even the purpose of those actions is similar where there's grief and sadness and the the purpose of moving earth and sweeping air is to get rid of those things in some way either to dispel grief or to banish sadness um and kind of like along with that there's also and i'm not sure how all of it's like working together but like there's like the elements are like a big part of this poem like earth and air and then in the third stanza there's like water i'm seeing some nods over there <laughs> absolutely no i'm totally with you 
um, especially because they are never named, as you were saying, like, yeah, this is not, you know, Greg and Brenda down the way. This is the man and the woman. And in some instances, I think it almost feels like it could be replaced with capital M man and capital W woman. It feels very archetypal. And it feels to me like uh, the way that that works in this sort of, you know, almost folktale, uh, like parable setting is interesting to me because they are engaged in such essentially mundane, like domestic tasks. So I feel like the juxtaposition there is this sort of like uh, holiness of the everyday feel that I get throughout it, which I really like. Um, that is something that shows up in a lot of art that I tend to enjoy. Um, and it's something that I definitely respond to here because, yeah, neither one of them is doing anything particularly exceptional, but you get this feeling that there's a lot of importance to what they're doing. And that even doing these little tasks ends up sort of being the material of a life because that feels to me like what comes together in that last stanza once it's not just the, the there's the stanza about the man as you said then there's the stanza about the woman and then they come together in that last one um, and I'm really glad you brought up the elements because I feel like that is such an important part of what's going on in this poem and also as you said like all four of the classical elements are there particularly the earth that the man is moving, the air the woman is sweeping, and then water is what they pull out of each other in the third stanza. But you also get flashes of fire throughout it. You have the flame-tipped flowers, which get name-checked again in the third stanza. Uh, and at the end of the first stanza, you also have the man who you discover is like collecting firewood, basically. Um, but what's really interesting to me is in light of the elements being present, where the poem ends because it says water circulating between them like breath drawn out of leaves by light which is such a cool image idea but there are a few levels on which it's operating i think that end up circling back to the elements um because essentially where i go with that description at the end is like you have this interaction of the man and the woman both creating a life together in this, you know, I picture some sort of like cabin. The end, breath drawn out of leaves by light, has me in mind of like photosynthesis, basically, and like creating oxygen, which is then what, you know, keeps humans alive and stuff. So it feels like this very life-centered thing at the end. But also it moves beyond earth, air, fire, and water to this active light that creates life and light is not one of the four classical elements but there was a concept in the time of the four elements of a fifth element the ether a-e-t you know ether basically um the sort of you know not defined thing um that was essentially like the breath of the gods or some like incredibly clean almost spiritually clean version of air uh that was like kind of mystical and not necessarily human um almost like a, a spirit type thing sometimes it's also referred to as quintessence uh, like an early usage of that and it feels to me like that's what's going on in that third stanza and that is where i feel like were left at the end of the poem, which is that the same way that the four elements can explain 
in a classical sense, the physical world. Like you can look at everything as combinations of earth, air, fire, and water. You can look at this man and woman going about their physical lives, which are described very beautifully throughout the poem. And the imagery is superb and engaging. The way that the sentences are constructed is beautiful. But then when you get to this third stanza, essentially what you are being left with is this idea that doing all of that stuff the same way that the elements, the physical elements that make up our world, that explains a lot and it can be the substance of what's going on, but what's being created in the doing of all those things is this ineffable holy thing that is separate from them, but which grows out of them. So this man and woman who are going about all of these daily tasks, sure, what this guy is doing is building a fire and what this woman is doing is like cleaning the house and there's all of the annoyances and joys that go along with that kind of everyday work, but without even realizing what they're building as a life together. And like, there's also the potential for the creation of new life there, which is some of what I feel like the end of it is also hinting at. And I think that the fact that like people can make other people is this other kind of like spiritual life process that is, in the background. Um, so that is sort of where I went with the element aspect of it. Yeah, I love that a lot. Um, and yeah, I think that's really, yeah, I, I, I'm loving what you're pulling out there. And I think the sort of new life, I hadn't really gone there myself, but when you're talking about it, like, um, in the third stanza, there's this part, you know, where it's like, together they pull water out of the other, pull with the muscular ache of the living, hauling from the deep well of the body. And then there's this list, the rain swollen, the flame tipped, the milk fed. Um, and then we kind of, we get this pause and then there's, sort of the final section, all that cycles through lives moving, um, et cetera. And the flame tipped and the rain swollen are echoes from the first stanza with the ponds and the flowers. So the man is digging these holes and uh, from the holes we get the rain swollen ponds. So, uh, and then these dirt mounds and on the mounds you know, these red flowers grow on the dirt uh, and they're flame tipped. But then the milk fed is not a, um, uh, has not appeared before. Um, so I was kind of wondering initially like where that was coming from. Um, but I think like, I don't know, it, it makes sense in the context of maybe creating new life or just like, um, you know, nurturing or raising new life, even if it's not like at the moment of creation or whatever. Um, that's where like milk fed could be sort of coming in to represent, I suppose. Um, it's hard to say for sure because it's, it's all kind of like, they're like adjectives that are paused, you know, it's like, the rain swollen, the flame tipped, the milk fed. It's like the milk fed what? Um, you're not quite sure. Um, 
And they all sit on their own line as well. So they're not only paused, but they're like discrete units of description uh, in a very stark visual way as well. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And it's interesting, you know, like, it's funny. So then the part that comes after that, all that cycles through lives moving, lives sweeping, water circulating between them like breath drawn out of leaves by light. Um, it's so beautiful. Initially, I had read it like all that cycles through lives moving, lives sweeping. I was curious water. about that. Yeah, but they both um, work, I think. When you're just listening to it, you've only heard, heard our interpretation. But when you see it, it's like all that cycles is on its own line. And then it's like through lives or lives moving. And then it's a new line, lives or lives sweeping. Syntactically, like all that cycles through is something that lives moving and lives sweeping potentially. Or it could be all that cycles through lives which are moving and lives which are sweeping. Anyway, which I thought was an interesting kind of like ambiguity. And I mean, it's, it's like a part of the poem that's like the most abstract where you have like all that lives or lives, you know, and then you have the moving and sweeping, which is like, you know, in the beginning of the poem, those actions are, you can see them as like physical, literal actions, even though the way that they're phrased, you know, it's like, okay, um, you're moving earth to dispel sadness. There's obviously like a figurative um, meaning, but then you get like he's digging holes and stuff. But by the end, it's like moving and sweeping are, you know, these gestures that have much more figurative meaning at that point than they do literal meaning, I think. Um, and it even takes the literal meaning and moves it beyond being, you know, we're sort of catching the man and the woman on a day when they're doing these things, but describing their lives as being almost defined by those activities then also takes it out of being that moment and into being like, this is what they do all the time. You always need firewood. The house is always dirty, both of which are hinted at in their individual stanzas. But here the poem is coming out and saying like, this is a life spent moving trees from one place to another or dirt from one place to another. This is a life spent sweeping because nothing ever stays clean and this woman's gonna do this forever. Um, so yeah, not only does it become that figurative level, but it also takes the concrete descriptions from earlier and just spreads them out over time. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, and there's like the the cycle and the circulating is like a pretty key idea here. Um, the other part that returns in the poem is this like two line phrase, in proportion to what is taken, what is given multiplies, which is like such an interesting phrase for a lot of reasons. This, the language of the poem is largely like pretty, I don't know, like lush and like, soft and like kind of intimate, I suppose. But then this like, in proportion to what is taken, what is given multiplies, 
like proportion and multiplies are like like they feel like mathematical you know um and the like syntax is like sort of inverted in like a strange way um where like the main thing the like main subject and verb what is given multiplies like comes after the part that's like contextualizing it right so yeah um like a, a quote unquote normal way to say it would be like what is given multiplies like in proportion to what is taken or whatever but here it's in proportion to what is taken what is given multiplies anyway so it really stands out and then it 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 comes back in the second stanza too um and they're both sort of related to like the actions of the man and the woman. And in the the first one, it's I think I feel like it's pretty clear where so the guy, the man is um, digging holes the size of cars in proportion to what is taken, what is given multiplies, rain swollen ponds, and dirt mounds rooted with flame-tipped flowers. So by taking the dirt from the hole or something, like a rain swollen pond is created and a mound is created with flowers, right? So it's like there was one thing and now there's two things um, kind of thing. So it's like a multiplying sort of thing. Um, in the second stanza, it's like a little less um, direct, I think. So the woman sweeps air to banish sadness. She dusts floors, polishes objects made of clay and wood. In proportion to what is taken, what is given multiplies. The task of something else to clean. Gleaming appliances beg to be smudged. It's a little less, like it's, it doesn't seem to be the case like she's cleaning something which makes something else dirty kind of thing. I mean, I suppose by cleaning, you know, by polishing the objects or dusting the floors, they now can <laughs> get dirty again. I guess. That's kind of how I was thinking about it. Yeah. It's like by cleaning it, you make it pre-dirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. like yeah. it's just waiting right. for it to happen right. again. I know I feel that way when I'm cleaning certain spaces and objects when I'm cleaning them always have that in the back of my mind like yeah. whenever i sweep the area around roger's kitty litter i'm just like i've cleaned it and it's good now but he is going to poop in this box later today and there's going to be more litter around it like <laughs> i have not made it clean right right no that's exactly right um i know it's so true there's like 15 minutes when i clean the kitchen like a good clean and i'm like ah the kitchen is clean and then there's like one cup and it's like, well, it's fine. And then before you know it, mm -hmm. shit's a mess. Oh, it's real. I'm yeah. glad that you brought out those lines though. Cause I also was fascinated by them because it's a part of the poem aside from it being somewhat archetypal or, you know, folkloristic, those lines in particular in proportion to what is taken, what is given multiplies, strays into the realm of like aphorism 
as well because we're mm-hmm. all familiar with like you get out of it what you put into it oh <laughs> you're taking a class well you're gonna get out of it what you put into it you know like it, it feels uh-huh. not it, that's not the exact corollary but it's in the same family of sentiment you know more figuratively the opening of both of the stanzas the woman sweeps air to banish sadness and the man moves earth to dispel grief is a little bit along the lines of something at least to me like you know idle hands do the devil's work or whatever it's like you know you're doing something as opposed to doing nothing with whatever you know emotions might be going on channeling that into activity and there's a number of different you know, aphorisms or or sayings or cliches that are about kind of that activity. And so I was curious about moving into that aphoristic territory almost feels like the poem making a more direct statement of address and, and of purpose. Even though I feel like it's a little bit separate from the message I feel like I take away from the poem when I read it, those are the moments where I feel like the poem is most pointedly uh, like speaking out to me and saying something that it feels is important. Like in the world of the poem, this is a very important idea, which is highlighted by the fact that it's repeated, if nothing else, but also the way that it's written, as you said, the syntax is a little bit jumbled, which makes you pause when you're reading it to think it through, but also just kind of like the nature of what it is. It's such a clear kind of statement of like something, like value. Is it a statement of value? Is it saying like this is whatever is taken from your life, you will receive bountiful gifts in return. Like maybe when you're doing these menial tasks around the house, you feel like something is being taken from you because you have to spend all your time wrestling with these trees that won't, you know, make themselves easy to carry or you're constantly cleaning because no matter how much you clean, it always gets dirty again. But in proportion to what is taken from you and the fact that you have to do all this stuff, what is given to you will multiply. You will have all of these bounties of of life that will be created in doing these these menial tasks i don't really know i was kind of curious about that as i was reading through it yeah no that's really interesting um i yeah i love what you said about the how it's the it's the part of the poem where it's like saying something sort of directly to the reader um i feel like sometimes we uh have talked about like a poem you know one of one of the like misconceptions about poems is that they are like they have a a meaning that must be unlocked and then when you unlock it you gain the poem's wisdom kind of thing um and that they're essentially like wise sayings or something, um, which is why <laughs> then a lot of people read poems expecting to get that. And then it's like something else, obviously, but they don't, they've been told that poems are this one thing. And so then people get mad. Billy Collins has a poem that, um, it's called Introduction to Poetry, and I'll just read it very quickly because I think it makes the point and is kind of funny. Um, introduction to Poetry. I asked them to take a poem and hold it up to the light like a color slide or press an ear against its hive. I say, drop a mouse into a poem and watch him probe his way out or walk inside the poem's room 
and feel the walls for a light switch. I want them to water ski across the surface of a poem, waving at the author's name on the shore. But all they want to do is tie the poem to a chair with rope and torture a confession out of it. They begin beating it with a hose to find out what it really means. Which, you know, anyway. That is um, a really good summation of what happens so often with the way that poems are, like both people are taught to engage with poems and like the assumption of what poetry is about. It's like, well, there's this secret hidden meaning in it that the poem has obscured for you. And only if you're smart enough, can you wrangle it out? And if you don't, you're a fucking idiot and don't read poems. And if you do, <laughs> congratulations, gold star, you solved poetry. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, ironically, that poem has a very clear meaning. And, um, <laughs> but we won't, we won't go into that. Um, <laughs> This poem needs no confession. It's a real <laughs> snitch. <laughs> and this is my sequel to Introduction to Poetry. <laughs> you were talking about how the, the part of the poem, in proportion to what is taken, what is given multiplies, is kind of like the part of the poem where the speaker sort of like steps out and like speaks to the reader directly in the way that, you know, like a poem with a kind of clear meaning might, if it were that kind of poem. But then you also sort of said that that isn't how the poem sort of like ultimately feels to you to end up, I guess, is kind of what I heard you saying. Um, and I feel like that's really right because in a way, you know, it is like a very direct assertion about like, the state of things. Um, but at the same time, you know, like the way that the poem ends, like I sort of think of that statement as like an axiom or like a premise um, about the way that the world works. And then like from there, we get to the poem. Um, and the poem not is not like a statement per se, although it is saying things, it's like a kind of, I don't know, experience of like living through a particular way that the world is, I suppose. Um, and like, to me, it seems like the first two stanzas are kinds of ways of understanding that I, the idea of that statement, the in proportion to what is taken, what is given multiplies. But then when we bring them together in the third stanza, man moves earth, the woman sweeps air. There's this kind of like, it's like, um, you know, it's like them in relationship with each other. And like, what is life when you have two people who are doing this kind of repetitive, secular, or circular, um, you know, series of actions that like, on the one hand are to, you know, dispel grief or banish sadness, but on the other hand, like, are sort of unceasing, perhaps. That's different when there's also, when they're doing those things, like, 
together. I don't know. It's like together they pull water out of the other, pull with the muscular ache of the living, hauling from the deep well of the body, the rain swollen, the flame tipped, the milk fed. Um, all that cycles through lives moving or all that cycles through lives moving, lives sweeping, water circulating between them like breath drawn out of leaves by light. You know, the water is like the thing that's going between these two people who are doing this kind of like giving and taking and domestic work. Yeah, I guess I, I realize like, I don't know what to make of the water exactly, if that makes sense. Or like, you know, what you were saying with the drawn out of leaves by light. And I loved how you were describing that ending and the kind of relationship to like a fifth element, but also sort of like combining all of the, the other elements, um, which is kind of, as you're saying, like the first two stanzas as their physical lives, but like together there is a kind of, larger life that they're like making together i guess definitely yeah because it is there is this nice build that happens and it does feel like there's sort of a, a crescendo or maybe since it's so water soaked a cresting wave of energy or something um that's going on towards the end but it doesn't feel like it's necessarily tied to specific meaning uh but it is a definite like build of yeah it's it's like an energy build towards the ending um yeah, it is sort of hard to articulate, but it feels important. And I think it's important that it's the water that does the most sort of action building because they pull water out of each other, but then later on it's water circulating between them like breath drawn out of leaves by light. Like that water that came out is then animated by all of the stuff that comes between. Um, and part of it is that the whole last uh, stanza is only two sentences and the first sentence is the first two lines, and then the next one is the next like 16 lines, um, which sort of builds that flow, much like the water that has been pulled out. Um, so at the very beginning of that sentence, together they pull water out of the other, and then that whole sentence continues on, sort of building and building and building. That water then reaches a point where it's circulating between them. You get the feeling that that circulation is like speeding up, going faster and faster, and like that is important and it is the the sort of life force between the two of these people that is causing that water to to circulate and you know some of the basic like symbolic meaning of water is that it is in fact the source of all life um we would have no life on earth without water we're constantly searching for evidence of it on other planets to see if there might be life there like i think it's important that that's the element that gets singled out towards the end of the poem uh and then, yeah, as we discussed earlier, then the poem sort of moves beyond elements and beyond the literal to this, you know, breath drawn out of leaves by light idea that gets tacked on at the end. Um, and it definitely contributes to, yeah, I think a feeling more than a meaning or like at least not a specific meaning, uh, though I do think there is a lot of, of meaning in the poem. In some instances, possibly obscured just by the sheer elegance of the writing. Yeah. It's just like 
it sounds so every word is like yeah that's the word that had to come after that word it's like so natural seeming to me yeah it's just like really masterful in that way um it just feels right yeah at every turn should we read it again yeah let's read it again the man moves earth by kathy song the man moves earth to dispel grief he digs holes the size of cars in proportion to what is taken what is given multiplies rain swollen ponds and dirt mounds rooted with flame-tipped flowers he carries trees like children struggling to be set down trees that have lived out their lives he cuts and stacks like loaves of bread which he will feed the fire the green smoke sweetens his house the woman sweeps air to banish sadness She dusts floors, polishes objects made of clay and wood. In proportion to what is taken, what is given multiplies. The task of something else to clean. Gleaming appliances beg to be smudged, breathed upon by small children and large animals flicking out hope as she whirls by, flap of tongue, scratch of paw, sweetly reminding her. The man moves earth, the woman sweeps air. Together, they pull water out of the other, pull with the muscular ache of the living, hauling from the deep well of the body the rain-swollen, the flame-tipped, the milk-fed, all that cycles through lives moving, lives sweeping, water circulating between them like breath, drawn out of leaves by light. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is co-host Jack Rossner Munley. Just reminding you that there are a ton of ways that you can get in touch with us, and we love to hear from you. It's always great to know if you have a different reading of this poem or any of the other poems we've covered, or if there are any poems you wish we would cover in the future. You can send us an email at closetalkingpoetry at gmail.com, or the show and Connor and myself are all on Twitter. That's another great way to connect. I am at Jack Rossiter Munn. Connor is at Connor M. Stratton. And the show is at Close Talking. You can also find us on Instagram at Close Talking Poetry or on Facebook at facebook.com slash close talking. See you next time.